you take your Bibles, remain standing for just a moment. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verse number 6. 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 6, verse number 6. How many, how many of y'all, y'all like the holidays? Raise your hand if you like the holidays. Come on, real high. Raise your hand real high. All right, how, how many don't like the holidays? We got, we had, yeah, we got some. Let this, let this pass, amen? Can't wait till it's over. I, I personally... I personally, I like the holidays. I do. I, I like, I like the, the lights and the, and the eggnog. I need a witness right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Christmas trees and what's under it with my name on it. Amen. Uh, I do. I, 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 I like the holidays. I always have. I mean, it's always been a cool time of the year. Growing up in church, uh, my dad, he was, he was always, that was his thing. He loved doing the, the hay ride. He'd always go rent a couple trucks and, and, and load them down with hay and all the kids would do it. It was always chili and hot chocolate. It wasn't Christmas unless you had chili and hot chocolate. Now, you don't understand. In South Florida, it, 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 could, be, it could be 95 degrees on Christmas week, amen? Uh, but he was going to have chili and hot chocolate. And, uh, but we always had the best time and, and all of that. But I found out, especially with years and years of counseling and being in church most of my life, uh, the holidays sometimes is not too happy. It seems like this time of the year, I find more discouraged people, more depression, more disappointment than any time of the year. I mean, this is the time of joy on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I mean, the, the, the angel said it to the shepherds when they came, you know, uh, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This is a time of joy. This is a time of happiness. The Savior has come, but we've, we've, we've changed all that, haven't we? American consumerism, materialism, and all the things that's, that's taken place, we, 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 have, we have messed things up. And I, I want to I teach for a few moments this, this morning on the subject, keeping the happy in the holidays. Keeping the happy in the holidays. And I promise you, I don't care who you are, if you're here breathing the air, you can go through these holidays happy. You can do it. I don't care what's under the tree. I don't care if you have a tree. It does not matter. You can go through the month of December, and you can leave it happy. Somebody say amen. amen. Father, help us now. Help us now. Lord, use your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Usually I read it, but I forgot to. Amen. The Bible says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Did y'all hear that? But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. That was something Job learned. He said, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. I came with nothing, I came naked, and I'm going to leave the same way. I came, and everything I got on this earth, God gave me. The Lord taketh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He understood that concept. And Paul says, and having food and raiment, which is shelter, let us be therewith content. They that, rich, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now let me clarify something before we go any further. Uh, the Bible does not say money is the root of all evil. I've heard people say that. Yep, money. He's got money. That's the root of all. The Bible does not say money. It says the love of money. 
the desire, the unhealthy lust after money is the root of all evil. How much evil? All evil. Now watch. Uh, how many of you, how many of y'all have ever seen one of these things? Now look, y'all are sitting in the house of the Lord, lying through your teeth right now. Let's try this again. Let's try this. How many of y'all have ever seen one of these? All right. How many of y'all have thumbed through one of these things? Hey, I, son, I'm telling you, I, I, especially, especially this time of year, because there is a great possibility you might get something out of one of these things. Amen? When you're a kid, look here, Target, toy sale, buy one, get one, 50% off. I need a witness right there. Hey, we've got Fisher-Price, we've got Hot Wheels, we've got the Nerf gun, come on right there, Lego City, Barbie Corvette, that'd be the only one I can afford, amen. Oh, my goodness. We got basketball gold scooters and, 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 and guitars. Hey, hey that's, you say, preach, that's for the kids. Verizon for the teenagers. Come on, somebody. iPad, iPhone. Teenagers, I don't, I don't hear no teenagers shouting right there. That, that, you, miss, you missed your opportunity. Ladies, I've got for y'all JCPenney. I'm not going to thrum through it because there's stuff in there I don't need to be seeing while I'm preaching. Say amen right there. Now, don't ask me how I know that, amen? <laughs> Let me just say, the first service was very interesting this morning, amen? <laughs> Men, we got you in here too. Four-wheel drive, somebody say amen right there. Come on, leather interior. Oh, my goodness gracious, it was wonderful. Now, watch. You know what these people are selling? They're not selling Nerf toys. They're not selling tricycles. They're not selling selling pretty dresses and iPhones and 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 and, 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 and four wheel drive trucks. That's not what they're selling. They're selling happiness. You see, they have become marketing geniuses because what they are telling you, what they are telling you, is you got to have one of these. This is the newest. This is the best. This is the most innovative, revolutionary item that's ever come to this world. And you cannot be happy unless you own one. Am I, am I telling the truth? How many times have you ever gone to a parent growing up, growing up saying, Oh, Father, oh, Father, thou art wonderful. Oh, if you would just give me this thing, I will be happy the rest of my life. I will never ask for anything. Are y'all with me? You know why? Because we bought it. Not the item, the lie. And we, this is the reason that there is so much unhappiness in the holidays. is because we think we have to have the stuff to be happy. Now, we think this is a new concept. We think this is just something new that, that man has had to deal with in, in the last uh, few years because our country's been so blessed and we've been, it's just been an incredible ride. And no matter how bad we are financially in this country, we're still better than three-quarters of the whole world. But this has happened from the beginning of time. Y'all with me? All the way back to Eve in the garden, we've been struggling with this lie. That happiness is going to be found 
in having what you want. Happiness is going to be found in having what you want. Eve had it all. Everything that was necessary for living, not just for surviving, but for enjoying life. God said he put in the garden trees that were good for eating, good for food, which means survival. She had what she needed to survive. But the Bible says there was also trees that were pleasant to the eye. God did not want you just to endure life. God wanted you to enjoy life. And she had it all. Except one tree. And that's what she wanted. And the devil slipped in and said, you know what? If you'll just get that fruit right there, you'll be happy. Because, see, God's holding out on you. He knows that if if you take that fruit, you're going to be like he is, and you're going to be like God. God's just holding out on you. So what happened? She started wanting what she didn't have. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to teach you today. Happiness is not found in having what you want. Happiness is found in wanting what you have. And that word is contentment. Say that with me. Say it again. Contentment. Wanting what you have. There's there's people all over this world that has everything they want, yet they're miserable. Got more money than we could ever spend in three lifetimes, yet they're miserable. They have everything they want, yet they're miserable. Solomon said this, if my eye saw it, I bought it. I had it. I did it. I experienced it. I didn't hold back nothing from my eye. God allowed one human being to have everything this world has to offer. Every single thing he wanted, he had. And when it was all said and done, this is what he said. It was all vanity. And the word vanity means empty. It left me feeling empty. I wasn't happy. I wasn't joyful. Everything that I had, everything I experienced. And I'm talking about wine, women, and song, buddy. He had a thousand women. He had all the money he could ever have. He had everything this world has to offer. But yet he didn't want what he had. Sometimes, sometimes we, we miss it. Sometimes we miss it. This, this, this old boy was sitting on a creek bank. He was sitting there chilled out on the, on, the, on the creek bank, had his head laid back, and he was chilling out, had, his, had a straw hat over his head, had a, had a piece of wheat straw sticking out of his mouth, had a cane pole out there in the water. This old businessman walks by. I mean, I mean you, 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 you know the type. You know the type, patent leather shoes, briefcase, suit, the whole thing. Comes by, said, uh, said, what you doing? He said, doing a little fishing. He said, you caught anything? He reached over and pulled a, a stringer, stringer full of fish. He said, my goodness gracious. He said, you catch all them without one pole? He said, sure did. He said, well, you need to put out two poles. He said, why do I want to do that? He said, because you can catch twice as many fish. He said, why would I want to do that? He said, then you can sell those fish and buy more poles. He said, why would I want to do that? He said, then you can catch that many more fish and sell that fish and buy a boat. He said, why would I want to do that? He said, because you can catch more fish out of a boat and catch more fish and sell them and buy a fleet of boats. He said, why would I want to do that? He said, then you could have the money to do whatever you wanted to do. He said, I already was. We're always grasping after what we don't have because we've bought into the lie that happiness is right in the purchase of that next thing, not what we already have. And God is trying to tell us 
if you're not content and happy with what you have, you'll never be content and happy with what you get. Now, I know this is going to be hard to swallow because we don't like none of this stuff. Because I'm telling you, American marketing, TV marketing has really messed us up bad. But if you will get what I'm trying to teach today, and I'm telling you, I'm trying to teach. If there was ever a day that I begged God this week, let me help people. Please let me help people. If we can get this, I promise you, it'll be the greatest holidays we'll ever have. Three things I want to show you. There's three places where contentment is talked about in the New Testament. And there's something that we can take from each one of those places. And the first thing, I want you to see the scope of contentment. Happiness is found in contentment. How many of y'all have ever, how many of y'all have ever uh, 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 gone to a restaurant, gone to a restaurant? My, my brother Russell Marsh, he took me to a, a, a German restaurant one time. And not that I'm against German people or German restaurants, uh, but this particular German restaurant, I, I, I'm not one... I, I, I've gone to, uh, I, had, I had a family take me to Carabas one time just to understand how I operate and everything. Uh, they took me to Carabas one time and, and they said, you need to try this certain meal right here. And, and, and I tried that certain meal and it took me straight to the portals of glory. Say amen. It was the best thing I ever had in my whole entire life. Do you know I've gone to I've gone to Carabas several times now, usually when somebody else takes me. But every single time, I've never got anything else but that one thing right there. Because I'm not very adventurous when it comes to that kind of thing. Because I know what I want and I'm afraid. They said, oh, you got to try this over here. But I'm afraid if I get that, I'm going to miss out on this. You know what I'm saying? So, and I like going somewhere. And if I, especially if I'm going to pay and get my money's worth. Say amen. Well, at this particular day, I only had, I only had a certain amount of money. I only had a certain amount of money which would have given me just what I needed at number one at McDonald's with no onions. Say amen. No. We had to go to the German restaurant. And I paid all my money. And they had little old bitty portions to come out of here. I, I, it was just one of them. I mean, little bitty portion about this big right here. Enough to make you mad. <laughs> and I got through eating that meal. Now I'm broke. <laughs> and hungry. And mad. And I've never let him live it down. Because I was unhappy because I was unfulfilled. But I've been to places and I just couldn't eat no more. And I left a very happy man. You see, contentment is, happiness is found in contentment. And the problem with us is we're aiming for the happy. We want the happy. That's what we're spending money out of this world to find happy. But see, the devil's told us that happy is going to be found in the stuff. But God is saying happy is going to be found in contentment. Now, so that's what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes. Contentment. Number one, the scope of contentment. What should we be content with? The Bible says it very clearly. In 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verse 6. He said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Now watch, here we go. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith, what? Our food and raiment, content. Matthew 6, 11, when, when Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray, this is what he said, ask for. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen? 
Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation or your behavior be without covetousness and be content with, watch, such things as ye have. Now, here's what I want to teach you about this first point. We need to understand the difference between the basics and the blessing. Because we've got that all warped. We've got in our mind, in the, in the concept of understanding what are the basics, what are the blessings, it's all mixed up and jumbled up so that we think that the blessings are the basics. For instance, people have come to me and stood in my face with a cigarette in one hand and an iPhone in the other hand and wanted me to pay their power bill. Now, I know I'm redneck, and I know I'm way back yonder, and I, I get all that. But if you can't pay your light bill, you don't need an iPhone. And you sure don't need no cigarette. You don't need no cigarette if you can't afford one. Amen. But see, here in America, we have crossed over, and they say, well, I, I can't pay my rent, but they got a satellite dish on the side of our house you can reach the moon with. Say amen. Got every cable station in the world, but can't pay the rent. You know why? Because we blurred the lines between basics and blessings. And we get upset. We get upset if God doesn't do such and such and such and such, and we think we're entitled. We think it's an American right to have an iPhone and cable. You know what God said we need to be thanking him for? Bread and water. We need to be appreciative of food and raiment. Do you realize if you got a sandwich, if you got a sandwich this morning, it was you got more than what half the world received today. And we, we have blurred the lines between the basics and the blessings. It said if you get anything above a sandwich and a shirt on your back, that is a blessing from God. If you Listen, if you rode to church this morning, if you got here and didn't have to walk, that's a blessing from God. If you woke up and you got air in your lungs and you got health enough to walk to the car, that's a blessing from God. And we have so mixed up our priorities in America. We have got this mentality that the world owes us a living and that God owes us this and God owes us that. He said, with raiment and food therewith, be content. Be content. You know, to change your holidays, if you'll thank God for the baloney, what's under the tree? You got baloney, man. Let me tell you why God's not giving more of the blessings. Because we're not thankful for more of the basics. God cannot trust us with the blessings. Because we haven't been appreciative for the basics. Now I know what some of y'all are thinking. Y'all are going to think, oh, he's against stuff, man. He's against rich people. And all rich people are bad. No, they're not. They keep us poor people employed. I like rich people. Y'all with me? There's nothing wrong with stuff. Stuff is nice. I like having stuff. It's great. They say money won't buy happiness, but it knocks the edge off of poverty. Say amen. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with stuff. Abraham was very wealthy. 
Isaac was very wealthy. Jacob was very wealthy. Uh, David was very wealthy. Solomon was the wealthiest of all time, of any time in history. There's nothing wrong with stuff. It's when the stuff has you. When does the stuff become bad? When you can't be happy without it. I'm preaching this morning. I'm preaching to me. I like stuff. But if you can't be happy without stuff, we're messed up. And you'll see in the end why. All right, let's move along. Number one, the scope of our contentment. He said, man, be happy with what you got. If you rode to church this morning in a turbo, you go. And I use that because I hope nobody's got one, amen. But if you do, God bless your heart, amen. <laughs> or a Mercedes Benz, amen. Thank God for it. Listen, if, if, you're, if you're wearing an Armani suit or, or, or if you're wearing something that don't cost much, listen, my favorite outfit costs about $4. It's the greatest thing I ever bought in my life, amen? Got it at the, at the, at the, the deal up there, the foundry. Greatest thing I ever had. I'm thankful for it. It doesn't matter. He said, be content. Be okay. Now, let me give you a little commercial, too, because I don't want nobody leaving here, because I'm not preaching against drive and ambition. I think everybody should have drive and ambition. I think everybody should want to better themselves. It irritates the fire out of me to see people who are not willing or not wanting or not trying to better themselves. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this. Can we be content with what we have till God gives us what we want? Because we'll never get what we want till we're content with what we have. Church, say amen. Number two, number two. First, we find the scope of contentment. Then we see, number two, the school. Say that word with me. The school of contentment. Now, this is one that was new to me. This is, this is something I learned this week that, that really helped me. In Philippians, Paul is speaking uh, to the Philippian church, and he is, he's commending them for the love offering that they gave him because they were, they were helping him in his ministry. And, uh, and he, he said, you, you, you gave to me, and there was a time when you didn't because you didn't have an opportunity, but thank God that you're, you're being a blessing in verse 10. Then in verse 11, he says, now not that I speak in respect of want, for I have, everybody say it, for I have learned. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith be, to be content. I know both how to be abased, that means have nothing, and I know how to abound, that means have more than enough. Everywhere in all things I am instructed, I am instructed, you remember what he said, I have learned, now he's saying I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Now this is what God told me. Uh, why did he say I have learned? Because contentment is not a natural trait. We are not born with contentment, we are born with desires. We're born with lust. We're born with cravings and wantings and, and drive in us to want more and more and more. I'll prove it. In the nursery. Go watch the nursery. You know what, you know what toy every kid wants? Whatever toy the other kid has. 
How many of y'all have ever watched a nursery? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Mine, mine, I want all of mine, mine, all of mine. Well, well, little Joe had it, but Johnny wants it because Joe has it. And little Johnny didn't want it till Joe picked it up. You know why? Because it's natural. Contentment is not, contentment is not a natural trait. So contentment has to be learned. Man, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. We got a coon dog and we want a faster one. We want a louder one. We want a prettier one. See, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to me. I'm, I'm going to use my faults. I won't use yours. You get a race car, and it's got to be faster, and it's got to be faster, and you spend more money, and you get, well, you got this dress, but then you got to have that, and it's, ah. It's never enough. Are y'all with me? The Bible says the eyes of men are never satisfied. I mean, we just, it's just never enough because we have to learn contentment. And Paul said, this is how I learned contentment. Watch what he says. This is cool right here. It says, he says in verse, in verse number 12, he says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Watch this. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. You know what he's saying there? My life experiences are teaching me to be content. What are you saying? God allowed him to go through a time when he was hungry. God allowed him to go through a time when he had more than enough. God allowed him a time when he was on the mountain. God allowed him a time when he was in the valley. God allowed him a time when everything was going great. God allowed him a time when everything was going bad. Why? To teach contentment. Watch this. You mean to tell me God will let me get hungry? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Deuteronomy 8.3. He's talking about the nation of Israel when they came out of Egypt. This is what he said. He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. The word suffered means to allow. He allowed thee to hunger. And he fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee that, to know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of the Lord. Doth man live? Preacher, what are you saying? You may be going through a difficult time in your life because God's trying to teach you that there's some stuff you can do without. God's trying to help you understand that true happiness and fulfillment and joy is not going to be in the stuff. It's going to be in the Savior. But you can't see the Savior because of all the stuff. But when God removes the stuff, it's easier to see the Savior. Mm. Job had some stuff. He was the richest man in the East. His, his children were some of the best around. He had more stuff than anybody. But God took it all away. And one day, he took it all away. He took all his stuff. He took all of his riches. He took, he took all of his finances. He took all of his children. He even took away his health. 
But when it was all said and done, this is what Job said. Wow, this is powerful. You got, oh, my soul, I hope you see this. Job said in 42, verse 5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. You know what Job is saying? I heard about God all my life, but I never really knew him till he got the stuff out of the way. And now that the stuff is out of the way, he said, I didn't have him just heard him. Now mine eye hath. But see what the devil wants you to know and to think. The lie that's gone from the beginning of time. Right here is happiness. Right here is where joy is going to be found. Right here, right here. Because he's trying, this is what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to substitute stuff for the Savior. And this brings us to number three. Number one, the scope of our contentment. Number two, the school of our contentment. It's life experiences. It's the things we go through in life, the good times, the bad times, teaching us that all we need is him. That brings us to number three, the source of contentment. It's Jesus Christ. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 13, 5. This is the third place we find in the New Testament contentment. Hebrews 13, 5, watch what he says. Let your conversation, which means your behavior, be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, this is the reason he gives you, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what he's saying? You're not going to find happiness here. You're not going to find contentment here. You're not going to find it in the stuff You're not going to find it in the materialism. You're not going to find it in what you can buy. You're not going to find it in what you can do. You're not going to find it in what you can experience. The only place that you will find joy, the only place you will find happiness, the only place you will find contentment is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You can be content in a dirt floor, a thatch roof. You can be content and listen, walking or riding a donkey. If he is riding with you, it doesn't matter your station in life. It doesn't matter if you're sleeping under a bridge. It doesn't matter if you're on a mansion on the hilltop. Without him in your life, you will never be fulfilled. You'll never be content. You will never find true happiness. But I'm glad to know no matter who you are, no matter what's in your wallet, no matter what's under the tree it's what he did on the tree that will bring true fulfillment in your life listen Moses Moses was on his way to the promised land and God kind of got upset with him and God says y'all go on I ain't going with you and you know what Moses said I love this he said ma he said Lord he said I don't want to go if you're not going with me because the promised land doesn't hold much promise if your presence is not there I'm telling you he knew that joy was not coming from the milk and honey joy was not coming from the vineyards that they did plant it was not coming from the blessings of the promised land real joy was coming from the presence of God he said in thy presence is fullness of joy In thy presence, David said it well, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. You know why? Because he knew that joy, unspeakable and full of glory, comes from the presence of God. I want to be where God is. 
if that's in a, if that's in a hut in Africa, I want to be where God is. Listen, if it's in a mansion in Hollywood, I want to be where God is. It doesn't matter where it is. I want to be where God is. It doesn't matter if I can buy a tree or put something under the tree. If God is in the house, there will be joy. There will be peace. There will be happiness. I'm telling you, we need to get our kids straight and teach them real contentment and joy. Let me tell you, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. And, 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 and I... If you're a parent, if you're a parent, we, we got this problem. Every parent has this problem. And it's not really a problem, it just is what it is. Every parent wants better for their children than what they had. Every parent, I don't care who you are, every parent wants more for their kid, wants better opportunities for their kid, wants everything, their kid to have more and better than what they had, Right? But see what's happened over the years. There's a generation that we call the greatest generation. The most sacrificial generation. We know, we know what that's talking about. Have you, ever, have you ever looked at old pictures? I'm talking about old pictures. I'm not talking about 1985 people. I'm talking about old pictures. I'm talking about granny and grandpa with a pitchfork. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand real high. Have you ever seen one of them with them smiling? I ain't found one. I've looked too because it kind of intrigued me. Any of them old pictures like that? Here. You know why? Because life was all about survival not the newest gadget they were not planting crops so they could buy a new ranger bass boat they were planting crops so they could have something to eat that month and it was about survival it was tough and it was hard and they had to learn to be content with little Little to nothing. Kind of reminds me of the Quaker who watched a new family move in. They had all the expensive toys that the successful people had. The Quaker finally went over to his new neighbor and said, Neighbor, if ever thou dost need anything, come to see me and I will tell thee how to get along without it. (laughs) Henry David Thoreau said this, He was a naturalist of the 1800s. He said this, man is wealthy in proportion to the number of things he can afford to do without. Man is wealthy in accordance to the things that he can afford to do without. Now here's what's happened. From the generation upon generation upon generation upon generation, this generation wanted better for that generation, so they provided more and did more. Same, same way, all the way down, all the way down. This one did more for that generation. This one did more for, than that generation for this generation to the point that we've almost created a completely entitled generation. We have five-year-olds and seven-year-olds screaming for an iPhone. Now, if you, if you get your kid, to, that's, that's your business. I, 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 that's not my point. My point is this, 
is we've done and 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 we've done. And I don't mind the doing. Because I'm going to do the best I can. If I got it, I'm going to do it for my kids. And I'm going to just lay it out there online. I'm honest. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to do the very best I can for my kid. If I got it, they got it. Y'all know the story. But the point is, if we're going to do that, we've got to start teaching them the truth about real contentment. That it's not going to be found in the stuff. Because ladies and gentlemen, sooner or later, you're not going to be able to afford the stuff. And if we don't teach our children to be content with what they have, they sure ain't going to be content with what you get them. And what happens when they get grown on their own? They're not used to hearing no. They're not used to hearing we can't afford it. So what do they do? They get plastic. So now I can get what I want. And we've dug the hole for them so deep, some of them will never get out. Because instead of teaching them contentment, we've just, and we wonder why people are so unhappy in the holidays. Well, preacher, I couldn't buy my kid this. I couldn't buy that. I couldn't afford this. You see, you see, that's not reality, people. You see how we've bought the lie and it didn't start in Christmas it started in the garden and let me tell you something if we'll do right 364 days or whatever whatever the number is that one day if we'll do right all the rest of the year it don't matter what we do that day too many of us try to make up on Christmas day what we should have been doing all year long. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be happy. And I found out if I'm going to be happy in the holidays, it ain't what's coming under that tree. It's going to be by being content with what I got. If I can, if I can afford $20 to spend, spend $20. 200 whatever, whatever it is. But don't go losing your mind because you can't get what you want. Or you can't get them what they want. Because if the truth be known, even if you did, it won't make them happy. It will truly be temporary. But what if we begin to break the cycle and begin to teach true contentment? What a generation we could raise up. And all God's people said, Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your kindness, your mercy. God, thank you for everything that you've done for us. <clears throat> Lord, I don't deserve your touch. I don't deserve all that you do. Lord, all this stuff I'm preaching, I need help with this stuff. I, I, I've learned so much this week about this, and I need help with it. I need help to, in my school of contentment, I need, I need some more learning. Lord, teach me, help me, guide me. Lord, I know there's some folks in here that's worried to death right now, worried to death, worried to death. I pray that you'll remove that fear. Let them know everything's going to be all right. It's not the stuff that we need, it's contentment.
And if we'll truly find contentment in you, we'll be happy with everything else. Lord, it's not the stuff we need to be looking for. It's you we need to be looking for. It's your presence. It's your touch. It's your anointing. And God, if there's anybody that's like me in this room that needs to come to this altar and pray, we'll be glad to pray. I'm going to pray for all of them. God, this is the invitation. I pray that you'll use it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. If you need to come for any reason, I want you to come. Say, preacher, I'm struggling. Come on. Come on. Say, preacher, I've just got issues in my life. Come on. We'll pray. We'll pray for happiness in the holidays. Say, preacher, I need to be saved. Come on. We'll help you with that. Say, preacher, I want to join up with Temple. Come on. We'll help you with that. We'll help you with that. Won't you come? Help him, Lord. Help him, Lord. Come on now. Come on. Come on. If you need to pray, won't you come? Won't you come?